festival season is in full gear, so Ken and Wendy give some updates on the most recent festivals they've attended, and then the crew talks about what they do and don't like in festivals, what they want to see some more in festivals, and what are some future festivals they'd like to attend. From beer choices to games, vendors, and options, they think about what makes a beer festival in 2023 better than others. Ken finishes by pondering what a beer festival would look like at a theme park like Cedar Point, while the others have dreams of hitting the UP Beer Festival soon. Enjoy this episode of Better on Draft. Whether your beer is in a bottle, can, or glass, kick back and relax. It's Better on Draft. Welcome, everybody, to episode 318 of the Better on Draft podcast. My name is Ken. Thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate it. It is Friday. We've been off for a few weeks. We've been at festivals. We've been having a blast. Uh, so let's go around and see what everybody is drinking and catch up. Let's start with Nick over to the side of me here on the call. Nick, what are you drinking? Uh, good evening. I am starting off with an Old Faithful Ale from Grand Teton Brewing, and I will be following that up. With a good old Memorial Day classic, Dan's personal favorite, Bush Light. <laughs> oh, Jesus. The John, <laughs> the John Deere can. <laughs> Why is there a John Deere can? <laughs> it, was one of the, it was one of their special collaborations that they did. And uh, <laughs> I'm married to a farming family. so. <laughs> well, Dan, what do you got over there? You know, I'm going kind of hard. You know, who doesn't like spending almost $20 on a 12-ounce beer? I've got a Prairie Stuffed Barrel-Aged Stout. And then to follow that up, I've got a Mother Earth Brewing Milk Truck Latte Stout. For a second, I thought you were about to say it was one of the the meads that you purchased uh, from Bee Nectar after our call uh, with them a few weeks ago, talking about spending that kind of money. I was gonna say, like, I haven't heard about Prairie in forever. Like, that's a name I just don't hear much about anymore. Uh, we could talk about that a little bit later today. Wendy, what are you drinking? Uh, well, I'm coming off uh, pouring for Austin Brothers at Web last weekend, so I had to pick up some more of their stuff because it was very delicious. Um, I've got the Punctuation Mark New England Style IPA, and I also got a Tavor package today. I forgot that I had um, been waitlisted for a Bottle Logic bottle and ended up with a Parish Coffee it's a, I don't even know how to say one that. of my Rev, favorite. Yeah. Rev? One of my favorite sounds Rev. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't even know how to pronounce it, but it is stinking delicious. And I'm so excited that I thought to put that in the box after I got the notification about the wait list coming through. Got to give you a shout out to you, Wendy, for the people who can't see the video. We're in the Hus brewing shirt. Where did you even get that? <laughs> uh, my friend got it when he was in Arizona. And of course, Wendy, nice. for those who do not use Tavor, they can use what code to get a, uh, a discount? Better on draft. There we go. Uh, for myself, I have a nice old bottle of For Elf from Dark Horse, as you can see on the video. Of course, the video, youtube.com forward slash better on draft. Or, of course, you can find it at our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash better on draft. But who watches Facebook videos? Uh, I also have a Bell's Java Stout. Uh, to drink too. This is also another old bottle. I still haven't drank all those old bottles that I purchased from that one random party store out here in Ypsilanti, Michigan, uh, but I am making my way through. I was going to open up a massacre too, but I want to be conscious by the end of the show uh, and and not go through that. So as a lot of people know, we were off the last few weeks. We did have a special episode with Ascension a couple days ago. Thank you so much, Adam, for joining us. A great episode. Him and I uh, sat down one-on-one to chat about it. Uh, But let's start with at least last week. There was a handful of beer festivals last weekend. Uh, Wendy, you were at the World Expo of Beer. Why don't you tell me about it? What was it like? Uh, What did you do? What did you like? Uh, Give us a little rundown. Uh, I did. I went on Friday night and just hung out with some friends and sampled a bunch of different beers. It was um, very interesting. There were a lot of, there was a lot more variety when it came to RTDs and meads were there. Um, Mead ciders, there is a lot. There was the monster alcoholic version we got to sample. Um, I They still went with the spread out in the in the different three different two different tents and the 
everything was still very spread out. So I liked it a lot. Um, I would think I would have to look at the numbers to see. I couldn't really tell because it was still so spread out. Just the difference in attendance, because I know there was a lot of stuff going on last weekend. Yeah, there was. If you download the Michigan Brewery Map app, which is a free app for you to find, that's mibeermap.com, you can actually find all the beer festivals in the state of Michigan. And that is one thing that I noticed is is there was a lot of, um, and I'll call them gimmicky beer fests last weekend. Uh, And the reason I say that is is that there was the Zoo Brew over at the Detroit Zoo in Royal Oak, Michigan, um, which you can go to the zoo. You can see the entire zoo kid-free. Uh, so you don't have to worry about kids running around. You can basically run the entire zoo during the entire uh, uh, period and enjoy beers all around the place. And there was also a uh, charity beer festival in Jackson, Michigan, uh, for a, I believe, dog shelter. I think it was called Pints for Puppies or something like that. Um, but this isn't just like, you know, a, a small little festival. This was at the Jackson State Fairgrounds. Um, so, yeah, there was there was definitely a lot to go. With so I'm not surprised that there weren't that many breweries at the World Expo of Beer. Uh this year or the week before I actually went to the Spring Beer Festival up in Traverse City, Michigan. Uh this was the second annual Traverse City, Michigan beer festival that we've been to. Uh and they set up everything around the outside of the ball diamond, so it wasn't on the parking lot like it is for the um Comstock Park, the Winter Beer Festival. Uh, they had nearly 100 breweries, hundreds of uh, beers for you to try. Um, easy to kind of like walk around and just keep doing laps. Uh, great concessions. There weren't lines for food or anything like that. You pretty much walked up, got your food, and it was ready to go. Kind of like if we were at a ball. Well, we were at a ballpark, but kind of like you were watching a ball game at a ballpark. And yeah, that beer festival was great. I wound up, uh, well, we'll be buying a keg of beer from Oddside because their Italian Pilsner, god damn, is so good. Uh, so I'm going to be buying that. But that is one thing, and I'll start off, I know the web is a little different because they always bring beers that they put in the competition. But did you notice a lot of lagers, Pilsners uh, at web this year? Or uh, was that something that I just only noticed at the uh spring beer festival muted you're muted wendy (laughs) because i did it from a different part than i normally do um yeah i definitely noticed there were a lot of lagers and pilsners uh there was a lot of ipas um and like i said the the amount of rtds and meads and alternative styles to beer was really noticeable in my opinion. How was the, uh, the attendance Friday and Saturday? Was it really busy on Saturday versus Friday? Was it kind of the same both days? Well, that was, so I poured for Austin brothers and, um, Chris told me that he brought more beer, like almost double the beer this year that he did last year. And we almost ran out by like three o'clock on Saturday. We were down to one keg. It was, it, they went through beer a lot faster than they expected. So I'm guessing that t- attendance was up on Friday or it was just busier a lot earlier on Saturday. I know for the spring beer festival, they did not sell out. Uh, I don't know if it was because it was, uh, I believe mother's day weekend. Um, so obviously there are a lot of people who it's kind of hard to sell a beer festival unless you're trying to take mom. Um, which of course it's a great gift for mom, not necessarily my mom. Um, but if I needed to, you know, get away from her, she would buy it for me. Uh, but yeah, I, the one thing that I noticed with the guilt festivals, obviously you can't bring anything that isn't beer. Um, so it was just a, a pure beer festival. Two roots brought a half dozen different beers um, for NA beers. They don't take tokens for those and the DDs. Uh, can get full cans to walk around so they can kind of participate at the festival without having to, you know, um, since they can't drink at the festival, they don't pay for a full festival ticket. Uh, But I kind of want to go around. uh, What was the last festival that you've been to, Dan? Um, I've been to one out here, the Mesa Beer Festival. That was pre-COVID. 
Well, you went to uh, GABF so, last year. That would, would have been. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I completely forgot about GABF. Thank you. So that was the last festival I was at. Um, absolutely loved it. You were there. Um, not really anything like that out there. At least I've come across outside of GABF. So the the Mesa Beer Festival, what was what was that like in comparison to the Michigan Beer Festivals? So the Mesa Beer Fest is actually pretty fun. They don't do it anymore. It ended, um, I think 2018 was the last one that they did there. Um, or not, yeah, 2018, because they didn't do it in 2019. The great thing about it is it didn't cost anything to get in. It was right on Main Street in downtown Mesa and you didn't have to buy tokens. You literally just bought beer as you wanted it for, and there were about 50 breweries there and you would just walk up and buy uh, your pour and you could buy different sizes from uh, like the two or three ounce, you know, samples up to a uh, 12 ounce pour. Um, so it was just buy what you want, walk around and have a good time. It was actually a lot of fun. But almost at that point, sounds like a pop-up bar. Yeah, kind of. If you think about it, just right in the middle of downtown. Really good time. What about you, Nick? What was the last festival you attended? Last festival for me was uh, Blake's Cider Days in 2021. Um, So still kind of in the thick of the pandemic, but it was kind of like the first step towards a normal, if you will, um all outdoors of course in the summertime um a lot of fun there was some good there was some I, I do recall some good some good ciders and then there was one some drinks that had absolutely positively no business being there um like what in the, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I think um it was it was the energy drink bang you guys see that in like the stores or something yeah. like that? they still so, make bang oh it, I, well never mind. This, i'm thinking of surge two, never mind this well, was two yeah. years ago. this was two years ago but yeah there there is a lawsuit so, about bang anyways yeah so they had a seltzer there and it was trash and like it, it's like one of those promotional booths like you go like i remember when we did uh world expo of beer a number of years ago pre-pandemic and i you, I remember Ken. You were you said the Smirnoff table is is there at World Expo of Beer when they had that red, white, and berry seltzer or um, mm-hmm. uh, malt beverage, and that's kind of like one of those get ups at, at Cider Days. It's one of those setups. It wasn't like local cidery, you know, the local uh, beer makers or cider makers. It was a promotional thing. Had, again, had no business being there. Some of the people that I was with, they liked it. I thought, no, no way in hell. Not for me. What about you, Wendy? What was your last festival that you attended, not in a capacity of horror or like that, that you were an attendee through and through? Um, That would probably be the Fall Beer Fest in Detroit. Always a good festival. Yes, one of my favorites. Not as awesome as the UP Fall Beer Festival, but um, definitely a close second in my book. Yeah, I I know I will be going to the UP Beer Festival this year, so be on the lookout. I'll also be at the Summer Beer Fest, which is always hot as all hell, uh, over in Ypsilanti, Michigan, both Friday and maybe a little bit on Saturday. Uh, so go find us, check us out. Um, you know, I probably have extra tokens I can give you if you need them. Um, but let's kind of go around the horn. These are all really different festivals. GABF, uh, Cider Days, the World Expo of Beer. All these festivals have their own kind of, um, you know, the reason why people like to go. You know, the web, you go because it's uh, a competition and you get to go see the winners and it's in Frankenmuth. Uh, so you get to kind of experience a little Bavaria over there. Um, with Nick's Cider Days, obviously they have plenty of cider and different cideries that are over there. Um, but what are some like, you know, not necessarily the best festivals you've been to, but the reasons that you've enjoyed a specific festival? Like, when do you talk about the UP festival? What makes it so special to you? Uh, the location for one, um, it is right on the water there in Marquette. It is so beautiful. Um, it's just a different vibe there. Like when you go to the festivals downstate, they're, um, like people are always in a hurry to get places and there's just crazy lines and it just doesn't feel that way at the UP festival. Now I've been there when it was crazy, crazy busy. Um, Cause you never know in September what the weather is going to be like in Marquette. 
It could be 40 degrees and rainy, or it could be 70 degrees and beautiful. So I've been there at all different kinds of weather. Um, the, the worst was probably the one time it rained the whole time, like the entire time. <laughs> so everybody was trying to get inside the tents. Um, but other than that, it's just, it's just a different vibe there. And it is seriously one of the most beautiful festivals. Nick, I mean, I know you've always been a big fan of Cider Days, but what what draws you to a festival? What are some of your favorite festivals that you attend, but what draws you to them? I think it's more atmosphere, the route, some not so much the rowdiness, but just the environment surrounding the festival. And some of the people that actually attend uh, some of these festivals are just, they go all out. Not with like the like the food necklaces, but like some of the cost. I see we see costumes at these things. I think some of the, one of the earlier Detroit beer festivals that I recall, uh, and I think it was just me, you, and Dan at the time. I recall one guy taking the tokens and making chain mail out of it, like a, a whole bunch of tokens and making chain mail out of it. Now that that's actually pretty impressive. Uh, Favorite festivals? Yes, there's Cider Days, uh, but I, I I always like it. For me, the original is Detroit Beer Fest that the Brewers Guild hosts. That is an original for me when it comes to beer festivals are concerned because that was my very first one. And I think Ken, you and I actually went by, long before the show even was even thought of. Um, back that when was, I was still at the house, at the frat house. That was back when you had to buy tickets at like yeah. Dragon Mead or Rochester. Yeah. Like you had to go to the brewery to buy tickets. Yeah, you know? like you can't go online to buy them nowadays. Now, uh, but yeah, the, the one in Detroit is special for me because that is the very first one I attended. It's downtown Detroit. It's Eastern Market. It's a landmark in downtown Detroit. Uh, the people they come in from all everywhere, and um, that that spe- holds a special place for me. I know for me, when I go to festivals now, I, the beer is almost secondary, but I notice when the beer is different. Uh, for example. You know, when we first started the show, when you went to these festivals, these brewers were bringing nearly all one-offs. Like, nobody, they weren't bringing a lot of their... They, they would, like, Bells would bring Oberon for summer or something like that. Or, um, you know, Green Bush would bring the handful of their beers. But everyone would be bringing these one-off, you know, big beers, uh... I just never, I, I remember it and I could never think about going back to that now. Like for me, when I go to these festivals, I want to be able to try all these different beers. I want to be able to taste why, you know, who's, who's got the best pills, who's got the best lager, who's, you know, doing a good brown, who put an interesting adjunct in there. Um, You know, I want them to still stretch their... Uh, ideas out for these festivals, but the the need of wanting to go to try the rarest beers ever that I'll never be able to try again. As I think about it now in 2023, I couldn't tell you one beer I had in a 2013 beer festival. And it's not for the lack of them not being good or anything like that. I see Wendy Wendy's thinking really hard trying to think of one. I, I just can't think of any of these beers that uh, really blew me so far away that I have to be like, oh my gosh, I have to have that. I can never not have that again. Um, you know, how come you've never made it again? Uh, so that's why I don't care too much about the beer list anymore. Now I want to go for what the atmosphere is. Like the Detroit Beer Festival always has decent bands. Um, playing throughout the entire festival. Uh, but the one thing I don't like about the Detroit beer festival, the lines for the bathrooms, uh, and, uh, how cramped it gets. Um, you know, that Saturday afternoon part of the festival is just so, uh, you're, you're packed in there like sardines, even though they've opened up the entire like back area of the shed. I just, I, I can't do it. So for me, um, access to food, 
is easily one of, you know, one of the things that I want to see is that food that it's easy to to get to, that I don't have to wait in line like I've done at some festivals where I waited an hour for a hot or waited in line an hour to buy a hot dog and another hour almost to get it. Um, so, so really quickly before I because I'd really like to hear what Dan has to say on the note of Detroit Beer Fest, Friday is the day to go. Because you don't have that sardine feeling. They don't Saturday. have they it don't anymore. Do oh, they anymore. don't do Fridays anymore? Oh, One of the sh- biggest crimes they that ever committed. A, that is a, that should be a felony as far as I'm concerned. But yeah. when it was a, still a thing, Friday was the day to go because you did have to do that. Now, you talked about the beer list, Ken. For me, it was finding like that diamond in the rough kind of beer that... You could only find at the, the lesser known breweries, the ones that didn't have the line wrapped around halfway across Eastern Market. That was what was the most enjoyable part for me was going to these smaller breweries that don't have the output or the production to find the one beer that we can all come back and talk about it on our next show. Well, that was what that was. That was more of a of a, of a joy for me than going to you know, no knocks on, you know, shorts or, uh, you know, all those other bigger breweries. Uh, but I'm not going to stand in line for an hour to, to get something that comes out once every two years. Yeah. I don't, I don't go on, Dan. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I don't know, Nick, we waited for, um, Utopias. It was worth the wait. I don't I know, think we waited an hour. I didn't say, well, you there's, didn't do that. I think I think Utopia <laughs> is definitely on its own level comparable to other beers having the opportunity to try it. Um, but also they cranked out that Utopia line pretty fast to where you really didn't need to wait in line. You could just kind of show up and you're gonna get it. And yeah. you know, you might have had to wait like 10, 10 minutes in the line while you're there, but they uh, for those of you that don't know how GABF works, GABF is only like one to one and a half ounce pours um, of all the beers. It's not really uh, big pours. There's also no tokens. Um, so you can just go there and keep trying all these different types of beers. Uh, but what they do for Utopia is, is, is that when they crack Utopia, they pour it into pitchers. And literally, you're just you throw your glass up in front of someone, wait for someone to fill the pitcher and you get your ass out of there. Um, and everyone it's, that's one of those moments where everyone knows what's up. Everyone knows, you know, to, to get in there, get your glass and go. You don't have to be instructed. You didn't have to wait. Like the enough people started to do it. You saw it. You just walked up there, got your beer and you left. Um, cause you didn't want to crowd the place. You're not, you're not tasting it in front of the booth. You're literally going to get it. You're walking, you know, 50 feet away before you even get a chance to try it. Um, so uh, but when we were at GABF, I mean, there was plenty of lines for uh, like when Media Noche uh, got released. Like that line was huge. All the variants. Barrel Age Narwhal was another one. Yeah. Uh, Bigfoot over at Sierra Nevada. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Narwhal, too, at Sierra Nevada yeah. was the other one. Yeah. All these beers, like. The the lines are there, but also I remember texting you and saying, you know, hey, this beer at Sierra Nevada is still here. Like, yeah, no and line, I ran over and got it. Yep. No line. I didn't wait more than 10 seconds to get my beer. Um, So, yeah, it's crazy to think of all the times we've waited in lines. But as to, to hearken on what Nick said, um, finding those small breweries and especially at a site like GABF. When you can get to all of these small breweries all across the country, um, and a lot of them aren't bringing like the crazy, crazy, crazy beers, these high octane beers, high double dry hopped, triple IPA, quadruple barrel aged and four roses. Um, no, they're 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 bringing like their their pills, their brown, their red and their IPA like they're bringing four beers. Um, the one thing I did not like about IPAs, and it's the same thing I don't like about bars, is when they have the name of a beer, but they don't tell me the style. That is easily my biggest complaint about literally everywhere I go. If you're if you're not going to tell me the style, if it's if it's not in the name, um, please tell me what the hell I'm ordering. <laughs> I, I flat out looked for the style before the before the name because. 
yeah, you'll see a stupid name, and then it's like, oh, it's a it's a Skittle Sour with bananas and Oreos. <laughs> like, get out of here. Go ahead, oh, Wendy. Wendy. Sorry, didn't mean to cut you oh, off. I, I was uh, I ran into that situation at a event that I was at a couple weekends ago, and it was like the bartender was annoyed that I kept asking what the style was. I'm like, if you just put it on the board with the name of the beer, I wouldn't have to ask you. I can't believe, like, I understand sometimes there's only so much room, but you would need to at least know the style of the beer that you are selling. Like, if you put it up there, I need to know what kind of beer it is, or at least what style area it is. Like, I don't, if it's an IPA, great. I don't need to know if it's like a smash IPA or a DDH IPA, like just put IPA. But if, if I go in there and I'm ordering the, um, you know, the stream deck, as I'm looking at the, the one thing that's on my, (laughs) on my, uh, desk right here, like the stream deck beer, like, well, for, for example, let's let's put you on a you're you're an alien or you're you're brand new to beer and you order a shiner. And it doesn't say Bach, it just says shiner. You're like, what the hell is a shiner? All right. Is it is it a, a dark ale? Because, you know, a shiner is a, a black eye. Is it a black IPA? Like, these are the kinds of things that I don't like when I go to you know, festivals is that, and GABF is great because they have that app, but I don't want to be staring at my phone. Like that's for, for everyone that knows me, I'm always looking at my phone, looking at things, looking at what's going on, looking at the news, uh, at GABF, I was not in my phone at all. Like I was looking around, talking to people. I wasn't on social media. I didn't check in anything on untapped. Um, I was there for the event. I was there for the festivities. I met so many great people. Um, and that's what I love about these festivals too. And there was a festival that I want to ask your guys' opinion. So we go to these beer festivals and sometimes as Wendy says, there's RTDs, Nick, you went to cider days. So there's cider, but the, the great lakes wine and spirits festival, um, I believe is the name of it. It's over at the DeVos center over in grand rapids. Um, and this is really a wine heavy festival that has a beer fest in it, as well as spirits for you to try. And you can get like, uh, a half ounce dram of a spirit or, um, like four ounces of a wine or three ounces of a beer all for the same token, uh, ticket, whatever they had. Uh, do you, you know, they always say, don't mix your liquors. Do you like festivals where you can go try a little bit of everything? Does that intrigue you guys? Or is that, you know, Nick, you're giving me a little, you don't know. Pondering. <laughs> Pondering. <laughs> I'll start. Uh, well, I'll go ahead. Dan. Dan, go, go ahead. No, go ahead, Dan. Dan, you drink the most liquor out of all of us on the show, at least. I don't want to mix it. So I wouldn't, I really wish, especially for Michigan, they had mead with the mead and seltzer with the beer festivals. Well, because so, they are, so it's the very specific guild festivals. You can't have the mead. And those are the biggest ones. So, you know, those are the ones most people are going to go to. I, I understand uh, that. To. I'm just, yes, yes. This Clarify, was, yeah, they used to. This, a lot of it is based on, and we've talked to, um Brigham in a handful of times and the reason for that is is that this specialty license to bring beer the only reason you can't bring cider or mead to these festivals is because of the brew pub exception um so if you if you would disallow brew pubs to the brewers guild festivals then you could bring in and get that license just a regular just to bring in the fast license yeah so if you go to which, like web web will always have mead and cider and all these other things but um and rtds and or not rtds because i don't think they have like liquor there um but they'll have uh wendy's saying yes they do have liquor there were rtds web? there this year okay oh, rtds okay yeah so yeah, so I, I feel like it's one or the other because if I'm wanting to try all the vodkas, I'm not going to be switching over to now give me them barrel aged stouts or give me those browns afterwards. It really does have to be one or the other. Or you might not get sick. I mean, everyone talks about the whole, you know, liquor before beer. It's really because of the amount you're consuming. Um, 
Because, you know, think about it, half ounce of vodka is way more ABV than, you know, three ounces of beer. So just for the sake of wanting to keep in the same style, I, I don't think I'd personally want to do all three or mix it all together. The one thing that I liked about Great uh, Great Lakes Wine and Spirits Festival, I believe it's also at the the end of the year. So it'll be upcoming here in probably six months. Um, so you didn't, I mean, technically you missed it. It's about the same, you know, six months ago and six months from now. But what I liked about it is, is that there was a lot of one, it was a more community event. So there was a lot of community, um, partners there. Uh, so you got, you know, people that were renting space to do sales pitches. So you can go in there and, you know, you've got the probably the the Matt Bush realtor that's got his own little spot and you've got someone who cleans gutters and stuff. But for me, what I really loved about it is, is that at the New Holland table for their spirits, um, they had cocktail teaching classes that you you paid for the ticket, you paid for the booze and you got to be taught how to make these specialty cocktails um and try them and taste them and stuff like those are the kinds of things that I would love to find at uh beer festivals but there really isn't a uh uh a similarity like you, you can't give me a make a beer cocktail or make a cocktail you, similarity for beer yeah well you could have that though i mean if you're doing beer tales like that you absolutely could just i don't know if anyone's thought about it or really wants to do it yeah, but there, there are there beer cocktails that are are complicated. I should say, you know, complicated usually, probably not. Yeah, because that's you know with with these cocktails, you're mixing in bitters and all these different ingredients and what goes in what order. When are you you know putting it on ice? Like those kinds of things. Whereas um, a beer festival, the the one thing that I was really upset that I didn't get a chance to check out was all of the uh, the panels at GABF. Like Julia Hers hosted a panel. Do you know how awesome that would be to have a um, homebrew club or something like that, or a, a home a professional, someone really intelligent like uh, a Travis Fritz teach you about homebrewing or teach you about you know this is how I make the hazy IPA. Like those are the so, kinds yeah. of things that I would love to see at beer festivals. Two of the coolest things, and I'll pass it on here. I don't want to take up all this time the two of the coolest thing at gbf were the panels like you're talking about and if you remember like the silent disco mm-hmm. were in the middle where you put on the headphones two of the coolest things that i think a lot of other ones should do because i think people would have a lot of fun yeah i saw you city club dancing over in the silent disco I, of course you did of course you did <laughs> were, were they playing mystery? i was doing the goth stuff yeah i was doing the goth stuff the whole time the goth like, stuff oh man <laughs> i haven't seen that in forever <laughs> but but I, I guess I'll I'll pass it on to, to Wendy and Nick. Like what are what are some things that you wish you could see at more beer festivals or you wish beer festivals would have uh, a little bit more of? Uh you know, there's there's usually always party games, you know, giant Jenga or cornhole. Um if you go to any beer festival that has innovators uh brewing there, they have beer pong there. Um, they've brought it at least to the last two beer festivals to Bruzology and to the spring beer fest. But I mean, what are, what are some things that you would want to see at a beer festival that I guess ups its game? Cause we're, we're so blessed with the ability to get so many great beers at so many places. Now, I mean, 10 years ago, you had to go to, you know, 10, 15 years ago, you had to go to merchants. That was the only way you were getting a handful of great beer. Like eight degrees, right. eight degrees didn't even exist 15 years ago um, in Ferndale. Like these places did not exist. You were going to places that weren't breaking six packs like Zatuna. They weren't breaking six packs back at that time. They weren't selling singles. The only place you could get singles was merchants or, um, you know, we, we didn't have that. But now we do. We have the, the, the ability of choice is so easy. And now with 400 breweries, so more than twice the amount of breweries, I can go get Loaded Dice at Total Wine. I can go get Face On at Canton Superfine. Like, all these places, and I know for the the national folks listening, I know these are local folks, but you have your own places that are local that you know where you can get small brewery, big store. Uh, But go on, Wendy. So one of my favorite festivals that we went to, I was actually just looking at the cup because I have it on the counter here, um, was Above the Clouds for, at um, 
Rahamari Brewing in Asheville. And that was an amazing festival. The, the quality of beer that was there was fantastic. It was at the brewery. So there was like, we were just out in the yard um, and they, you didn't have any tickets. So you got, it was smaller spores. You just walked up and asked for what you wanted. And it was serious, like just the quality of beer that was there. They, these brewers all brought their A-game and I really enjoyed that, the laid back atmosphere of it. Um, it was just a lot of fun. The entertainment I thought was great because it was a lot of local bands, which I thought was cool. Um, and that's one thing I do like about the Brewers Guild festivals is their entertainment. I've gotten to see um, Sponge play a couple times, which always makes me happy. Um, let's see. Oh, you know what I really miss though about festivals? The Brewers Guild Festival specifically is um, the camaraderie that we used to see between like the competition between the different brewers. And um, like, do you remember when Dark Horse back in the day, like built that castle and was using the t-shirt launcher to launch t-shirts out every few minutes? Like I miss that kind of stuff. Like just the brewers making a spectacle of themselves kind of. Between the explosion of craft breweries in the state, plus COVID, where like a lot of people are now like it's hard to get to these places and it's hard to pay for it. Like, um, because all these are marketing events. Like these breweries do not make money at the Brewers Guild Festivals. They all but lose money at all of these all the guild festivals, every single brewery loses money, no matter what. You could be 734 brewing over at Ypsilanti, Michigan, across the street, and you're probably losing money participating at the Brewers Guild Festival. Um, but yeah, those the the guild festivals are they they used to be just it it almost used to be like a hidden secret that nobody really knew about. Like people kind of like walked up there and they're like, oh, there's a beer festival. Sure, I'll pay for you know 50 bucks, or at that time, probably like 30 bucks. Uh, to get in and try beers and have a, have a great time, but now it, it it definitely feels more like work. Um, but for those who are looking for that camaraderie, like Wendy says, I tell you what, that enthusiast hour, that first hour before the public comes in, that's when you're gonna see the not the the casual. This is going to be weird to say, but I think everyone will understand when I say it. The casual professional beer drinker. And it's the person who knows how to drink beer, knows how to talk beer, knows how to respect beer. And they're not going there just for the extra hour of drinking. They're going there because they want to, you know, talk to the brewer that makes their favorite beer or talk to their friends that they haven't seen because all of their friends are enthusiast members. Like that's, that's what the enthusiast membership is for Michigan. In my opinion, I don't know that that's true anymore. Is it the professional drinkers now? I've been to so many festivals where the line to get in for the enthusiast was longer than the line to get in for general admission. That's because general mission doesn't get in for another hour. That Cascale festival Even, is. I'm talking about of both of those. Like I've watched it because I like to take one. I've been at the ticket. They're taking tickets. So, or handing out tokens or whatever. I've been there at the front for both of those entrances. And the line is really longer. I know they don't get in for another hour, but it's still, I mean, it's it's a little crazy sometimes. It, to me, I don't think that the Enthusiast Hour has as much of the oomph as it used to. And it might be different now that we've gone through COVID and things are starting to pick back up again. But I, I don't think that it has, right before COVID, I thought it had lost its oomph. And I wasn't even going for the Enthusiast Hour anymore. You know, that's that's... I think that's a very fair statement, and I think COVID may have saved that one-hour part. Um, but there's also the fact that the festivals are selling out uh, because they're only one day now, uh, minus Summer Beer Fest. So if you go to like Grand Rapids, you only have Saturday now. 
So therefore, you can't go Friday or Saturday or Friday and Saturday. You have to just go on Saturday. And if Saturday's tickets sell out, usually Saturday's tickets sell out before the enthusiast tickets sell out. And you have to go buy an enthusiast pass to go get it, which beefs up the enthusiast numbers. I remember uh, a fall beer festival, one of the first ones that I went to, and it was a uh, there was a day where we all went and one of our friends did not have tickets and it was sold out and we were waiting. And this was, we, we didn't get, I don't know if we weren't close enough to hear the, the guy with the mega horn, um, that always tries. Yeah. That always tries to resell tickets and reshuffle tickets and stuff. Um, or he wasn't there, but somebody uh she wound up buying an enthusiast pass that day just to get in and she wound up skipping the line because we just had regular passes got in and tried beers and i think like for for me that's the important part about enthusiast hour is that's when i most i I always tell like julia my girlfriend like that's when i'm on like i'm talking to people and i'm i'm building those relationships and i'm getting to know and i'm seeing what's up and i'm catching up with friends um because I want them to talk to their fans during the regular period. But during that enthusiast hour, like I'm like, Hey, let's go make sure I say hi to these people. Like go say hi. I, I, every single beer festival for the past, probably almost year now, I've been saying hi to Chuck over at uh rogue slash dark horse. Like that's like an important, he's just always there, always smiling, always having fun. I've got to meet his brother who looks exactly like him. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's that's, that's one of the things that I like. Um, but I do love the niche festivals. Um, and as we're going to kind of wrap up this, uh, before we go into the news for the next segment, um, niche festivals, I think probably are some of the best beer festivals that you've never been to. Like the zoo brew was easily a great festival. If you've never been to the zoo when there's no kids around, um, God, is it fun? Uh, you don't, there's no long lines. You don't have kids that don't understand manners, which, you know, not their fault. They just don't understand. Um, you can go through all the exhibits. You can see all the animals. So at least in Michigan, and there's plenty of others, like John Ball, I think, does the zoo brew over in Grand Rapids. That- we, ha- we have something called Roars and Pours, which okay. is at night. Yeah, it's about once a month out here. And Oh, damn. Yeah. So That's especially crazy. during... Yeah, but it's a good time and a lot of people show up for it. And you got to be 21 and up to go to it. Yeah, we just had Bruzology, which is a traveling beer festival where they go to city science centers like the Michigan Science Center here in Detroit. Um, And they open up exhibits. They have specific exhibits just for the beer festival. Um, So we had they had performers there who were doing like, you know, presentations about you know, explosions and alcohol and, you know, the difference between ethanol and all these things and um, putting a lot of fun into these beer festivals. And of course we have beer concert festivals like Dark Lord Day over in Indiana or Burning Foot Beer Festival on Lake Michigan in Muskegon. Um, Honest to God, some of those are some of the best beer festivals ever because it almost feels like the beer festival is second, secondary. like. The the beer and metal festival that happens in Philly and L.A. Um, yeah, they cut that L.A. one. I wish they'd bring it back, but I feel like they just did the L.A. one like a year ago or a year and a half ago. It, it, yeah, it was back in December of twenty one. That was it. it. Okay. Yeah. Um, but these are the kinds of things that I I love to see in festivals, and I would wish like encourage more people to go as if the festival has a um, the beer is secondary versus everything else. Um, when we went to, I went to Burning Foot last year. I got to see like you know the the weirdest list of bands ever: Lit, uh, Filter, Plain White Tees, a Limp Biscuit cover band. Um, like the the concert was there. You got to hear the music, but there was plenty of breweries there. All the brewers want to go there because it's such a fun fest. That's the same for dark Lord day. That's the same for nucleate. Like nucleate is a hyper specific beer festival coming up here in Ann Arbor, Michigan. If you love sours, if like sours is your game, 
God damn, that's a festival you don't want to miss. That's kind of like if you love cask ales and you never went to the cask ale festival at Ashley's. Um, and I'm hoping that cask ale festival happens again at Ashley's Ann Arbor because I didn't get a chance to go the last time they hosted it. But what are some secondary type festivals that maybe you guys want to see come or you guys have gone to? Like, Wendy, you went to that up in the air. What was uh, you're muted, so I can't I can't hear you above the clouds above the clouds. I mean, up in the air above the clouds. Same thing. Yeah. So uh, we also I did a sour festival in Indianapolis. Oh, God, it was a while ago now. And um, I actually got to try some Russian River sours. There was um, Country Boy is the first time I ever had them and Taxman Brewing in Indiana in Indiana. Holy crap, their brewery is so good. We ended up going to their festival because they have a whole tax uh whole festival called Death and Taxes right after tax day. Of course. What about you, Dan? Like, is there a, a festival or a niche that you would love to mix in a beer fest with? Like maybe a a, a sporting event? No, you you already touched on the one that I would like to see more of, which is the Cascale Festival. Like, good God, that was an amazing time whenever we would go to that. And you always get, you know, we were talking about, you know, the unique beers that, you know, you're not really worried about anymore. The one that always sticks out to my mind, even to this day, is that Carolina Reaper Stout that Ellison made that had in a cask. That's the one out of all those weird one-offs that always sticks out to me. Um, because that's a lot of fun. You can do whatever you want with the cask. So it's really kind of a good way to have a unique thing, but not ruin, you know, making a huge batch of something else. Um, the other thing too, you mentioned is the metal and beer festival here in Phoenix. We've had a punk and beer festival. I wish more people would do a music slash beer festival, no matter what the genre is, because it's a lot of fun. I think it brings a lot of people out. Nick, what about you? Oh, oh. Oh, go ahead, Wendy. Sellermans did an event one year that um, they actually had me face paint at that. um, It was like a circus freak type of like a carny carnival sideshow theme. And they had performers come in. And I think that would be really awesome as a an actual festival. That would be a lot of fun, I think. Uh, Yeah. What's the... um... The festival, or not the festival, whatever it is that happens around Halloween at the Masonic Temple. I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head uh, in Detroit, but that would be a good place to do something like that. I was about to say, is oh, it the uh, Dirty Show? No, it's uh, Theater it's not Bizarre. The dirty. Theater Bizarre. Yeah, Theater, Theater Bizarre. Bizarre. That would be yeah. a perfect example of to add in a beer festival to that. That'd be amazing. I mean, it's already a multi-weekend event, so... Makes sense for for me. Uh, for for those, uh, oh, just 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 want to give a caveat if you haven't uh, already started searching. But if you do search theater bazaar, not safe for work. No, um, <laughs> don't look it up while yeah. work. <laughs> I like like we're 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 past even like twenty one and up. This is just a not safe for work thing to look at. So just yeah. look at it at home on your own time. Yeah, uh, Nick, Hold go on. on. Uh, I was going to say, I have not, ever since I moved to Shelby Township, I've been wanting to go to Packards and Pints over at the Packard Proving Grounds, which is um, down the road, which is right down the road from where I'm at. Um, Old Packard vehicles, it's, there's all the original buildings, the original water tower. It is a historic site that's still very, very active, has a lot of events, a lot of wedding events. This is a, a beer festival that they all have that raises money for preservation of the packet proving grounds. And that's the one one of the small niche local ones that I would like to attend, but just have not had the time to attend just yet. I feel like we recently speaking of like older uh, travel. Uh, we, we had a beer festival at Willow Run which had uh, all the bombers and World War II stuff that happened over in Ypsilanti, Michigan. Um, 
which I I did not go to, so I can't really say for sure. Uh, but that that always seems like a a, a fun little thing for me. And this is going to be weird uh, as I I tie this up before we get into like a a, a final question because I'm going to ask you all a final question. Uh, kind of like uh, everyone does a, a final question for a guest. Uh, we have I would love like a, a Cedar Point beer fest like i know indiana does one like uh i think it's called hops and drops is the name of their beer festival that they do at a theme park um but as we talk about going to the zoos or something like that with no kids god damn what i'd love to go to a theme park like a king's island or a cedar point and no children running around i want to go out the power tower after drinking a bunch of barrel aged stouts and have a great time it does not sound like a good idea to me listen 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 listen. (laughs) you're i'm i'm there for the beer is secondary i'm there for because you can go to all these parks first of all you could go to all these parks and drink anyway so what's stopping you from going to a power tower after drinking you know uh, a barrel aged beer, like you know, KBS Day or some dumb shit like that. Um, going to Michigan's Adventure and then going on one of their three roller coasters. No, I, I would just, I, I guess maybe it's more. I want the adults only portion of it, where there's no kids and I can drink and enjoy stuff, but I can drink and do adults only stuff elsewhere like i I can go to a bar i don't have to go to a theme park but if i go to a theme park i don't want kids around i want to be able to like drink and be loose and have fun so that's kind of like my my wish do do you guys still think i'm weird is that is that weird or is it just me I think you're going to run into a lot of bad situations <laughs> if, that, I, I if this happens. You're going to run into a lot of bad situations at other beer festivals. But there's not projectile vomit falling from the sky is the difference. <laughs> I mean, I feel like, one, uh, people do it on those coasters anyways. Uh, so I, I feel not like... to that level. Uh, I, I, think you're, I think you're thinking too much into it. I might be. <laughs> you know what? I we will have to. I know we have a partnership. We've talked a lot with uh we've covered a lot of Indiana Brewers Guild festivals and one of them is at a theme park in Indiana. Uh we'll we'll have to reach out and ask them. And uh see see what oh, they say. Maybe one of us should go. We could just bring in well Ed's gone. Ed has gone. But I don't know if Ed rides the rides or if he's just there for the beer. So Ed's getting trash and then going on the corkscrew. I see. That's the <laughs> thing is, is, I think the people who are going for the beer are going for the beer. The people who are going for the no weights are going for the rides. Like, I, I feel like there, there's it's a Venn diagram that's two separate circles or the crossover is very, very limited. Uh, all right. Well, we <laughs> we talked about beer festivals for three minutes. Uh, folks, we are going to go into the final question time before we go into the news segment. Uh, if you are listening on the podcast, you can find us live 7.15 p.m. Eastern Friday nights. We are off next week. It has uh, been a busy summer, uh, spring summer for myself, who is the one that uh, does all the recording um, on my nice little giant computer and three, three monitor... Coming. Here comes the reviews. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Listen, it's it's you can. It's first of all, I don't know. I don't know why it's always about me. It just <laughs> happens to be always about me. Us, uh, all. <laughs> oh god, I can see those reviews now. Ken, narcissist, one out of five stars. At least give us two out of five, please. Um, for the other people, not for me. You know. Well, there's four of us here. You know, there's four, you know, so three, three, stars. three stars. Yeah, three, three stars for the three other people. You can you can just make me zero out of five. Uh, my final question to you guys is uh, speaking of festivals. What is the one festival you would like to attend in the next year? So try to make it a festival that you've never been to. 
And I am going to try to hold you to that uh, theory. So think of a, a festival that you want to go to for me. Um, I am going to say the next year and two months, just because I cannot make it this year uh, due to other um, uh, places that I will be. But next year, 2024, I will be at the Great Taste of the Midwest. Um, I am not going to miss it uh, another time. Um, I've missed it enough. I've skipped it enough. Um, And not for the lack of not wanting to go, but for a hundred other reasons. But for me, next year, I will be at Great Taste of the Midwest. Um, I will be rocking it up in Wisconsin and Minnesota for uh, probably a handful of days. Maybe get into the, uh, I guess that'd be the west side of the UP. Um, But yeah, Great Taste of the Midwest is where I want to go next year. Uh, We are actually, uh, I am, if anybody else wants to go, you're more than welcome to. But Craft Brewers Conference next year is going to be in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, Not that I need an excuse, but I always like an excuse to go to Las Vegas. Um, But let's start with uh, Dan. Dan. What's the fest you want to yeah. go to in the next year? So the one I want to go to is the UP Beer Festival. Well, tickets are available right now for <laughs> this year. <laughs> they are. It's it's a tough trip. I can figure it out, but it doesn't line up on the same week in a GABF. So uh, it does not. It's always if if you ever wanted to know what day the. Uh, UP Beer Festival is, it's the second Saturday of the month. Always the second Saturday of September. Um, And for those who have never gone, make sure you drive up either super early Friday night, if you're going through the bridge, or uh, the other way is go Thursday or really late Friday. The reason for that is, is that the second Friday of... Uh, September is the lawnmower parade on the <laughs> Mackinac Bridge. And oh, uh, lawnmowers don't the go that white. fast. No. Uh, the riding lawnmower parade on the bridge. And um, this is this was the fun thing that nobody ever tells you. Trust me, nobody ever tells you at the like if you're going to the festival, nobody tells you. Uh, Friday, we were in, I think, Ross Common. And we're driving up. It's me and Matt Bush. And the time to get to Marquette keeps increasing. And at some point increases by like three hours. And we're like, what the hell is going on? Like, did the bridge close? We we thought the bridge closed. Like, that's the only thing that made sense is the bridge closed. And when we got there on uh, Saturday and we're talking to all the brewers and everyone's just laughing because it's, it's almost like a rites of passage. And I'm here to help you skip the rites of passage. So, Dan, if you do go, make sure you know that the day before is always the lawnmower parade on Mackinac Bridge. Well, I fly into Marquette, so. Well, then you don't have to worry about driving through the, the lawnmower parade. Wendy. And book lodging as soon as you can. Yes, book lodging now. You know, if you find something that you can just, like, cancel the day of if uh, you can't make it. But I would just book lodging now. Uh, Wendy, where are you going? Uh, so I'm I'm going to give you two, even though it's probably not part of the rules. But um, I have never been to Burning Foot, and it is killing me. I want to go so bad. So that is on my list to do this year. As of right now, it's still free, and I'm really hoping that I'm going to make it happen. Um, but also GABF. I've been to Great Taste. I've been to quite a few other bigger festivals. I just, I really want to do GABF. GABF is definitely a a great trip, but Burning Foot, if you can, camp. um, Or obviously stay sober enough to drive. But the restaurant right next door to GABF, um, there's never a line, but it's always packed. But no matter how packed it is, the food comes out in 10 minutes. Uh, and the portions are fucking huge. Um, and I don't say that lightly. Like, they are just giant. Um, as someone who was like, oh, I'm going to... We, we we went for lunch right before the festival. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to carb load. I'm going to get in. So I ordered, like, appetizer and a meal. And I 
couldn't any like all of it. Like it was so weird for a guy my size to not be able to do that. <laughs> uh Nicholas. Well, I'm gonna Mr. S- Mr. I have a two-year-old. Well, um, I would like to try to go to UP Bear Fest as well, because I'm not sure how much traveling I'm going to be able to do at the start of the new year, next year, uh, for reasons I can't say yet. Book travel um, now. Uh, yeah, so we're just going to just say UP Beer Fest, because out of all of them, I... That's the one I have not attended yet from the Michigan Brewers Guild. Been to the winter one, been to Ipsy, obviously been to Detroit. Uh, UP Beer Fest is the one that I have not been to yet. Honest to God, the UP Beer Festival is one of the most beautiful beer festivals right on Lake Superior. Um, If you are a nature lover and the weather is great, it is easily just, it's, it's such a zen beer fest. Um, it's not stressful minus when you want food. Uh, that's the, the story of, I waited an hour to order a hot dog and an hour to get it comes from the UP beer festival. So, uh, order food early. If you go there, uh, that is going to do it. Episode 318 better on draft podcast. If you're listening live, we will be back in about 10 minutes or so with the craft beer news for the week. If you're listening via podcast, the episode for craft beer news will come out Monday. That is. Uh, May 29th, no matter what you think of your beer, we think it's maybe I should say I think it's better on draft. Have a good night. (laughs) Cheers.